we are recording. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucky. <laughs> All right, what are you drinking, Jordan? Show, right. That wasn't me, sir. Who was that? It's your boy, Bert Russell. What are you drinking? A nice cold Coca-Cola. <laughs> Party boy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a school night, so you can't be drinking the mics, so. Oh, for Christ's sake. Dumbest inside joke ever. It'll never get old either. It, it does. It has been old for about 15 years now. 15? It's been Something pushing like 20, so. I forget how old I am sometimes. You're not that old. Uh, I will be 40 next month in less than a month. Yeah, it is less than a month. Yeah. yeah. Christian's birthday. Everybody is invited. To do nothing because Ooh. birthday parties for adults are stupid. Hey, everybody could be required to watch a Kurosawa movie on your birthday. That is dumb because there's no way to actually make people do that. Oh, yes, it is. No, I can recommend it. Please, by all means, watch every Kurosawa movie you can, but I'm not going to force somebody to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Is this America? Yeah, come on. Don't take my freedom from me. Yeah, tell me what to do. I want to scratch my nuts with a melon scoop, all right? I don't want to watch an Akira Kurosawa movie. Ooh, I bet that would work really well. <laughs> Just might. <laughs> now that the weird shit's out of the way, how you doing, Jordan? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was good when I grabbed a beer, but... Mm. You need so, to be good. So, so, Jordan, you want to play a game? No, I don't. We don't, we don't have anything for this week? Uh, no, but I do need to say I am sorry I made a mistake last week. Okay. Um, yeah, they didn't team up to face Jason Statham. Jason Statham wasn't the bad guy until, what, seven? I think he joined in seven. Um, no, he was, it was six. Uh, six and seven. But either way, The Rock wasn't part of that, so I apologize. But since it was still the Fast and Furious franchise, I'm still giving you the point. Booyah. That's nice all around. That's very nice, Minnesota nice, from the, from the guy in yeah. the... The one who doesn't in, live in Minnesota anymore. Yeah. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, since we're doing apologies, I should apologize <laughs> that... Um, I didn't bring up Tombstone last week for yeah. Val Kilmer Love. Uh, it was on my list. I had my notes. I don't have any evidence of that now because I threw away those notes, but I have all my other notes. But Tombstone was on my list. I chose not to bring it up because it's it's just known. And most people like Val's performance in Tombstone, so I decided to go a different way. So, and if you watch the documentary, they talk a lot about Tombstone. So I didn't feel like we needed to to bring up arguably the top three most iconic roles for Val. So there we go, Christian. You got anything you want to apologize for? I'm a Huckleberry. 
<laughs> you can't even get the quote right. It's <laughs> good enough. Hey, True Heel doesn't have to do exactly what you want. He can do whatever he wants. I will say this. I thought Tombstone was overrated. For the longest time, I thought that too. Um, it's just been last couple of years where it's it's just built up. I think it comes from watching so much junk that coming around to these movies that were maybe good in some regards and in other ways not. It just you shouldn't judge the quality of a movie based on a curve. No. Just because everything else is terrible doesn't make it one movie better than it is. No. It doesn't? I think it gives you an appreciation. That's what I like to tell people is that I watch all these bad movies to give me an appreciation for the stuff that's actually good, better, or decent because it shows you just how hard it can be to make a good movie because so many movies are done badly, cheaply, just terribleness. I don't know, it seems pretty easy to me. Would <laughs> you only watch good stuff? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My standards are pretty high. They are, yes. But you've kept us in your life, so you know, we must be Or you just, you know I don't I don't judge my friends based on a curve. <laughs> That's everybody, nice of you. Everybody is subpar. Uh, <laughs> well, to you it is, yeah. <laughs> you just judge them based on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not me. They're yeah. <laughs> well, thank God, because I, I wouldn't want to hang out with me, so that's it's probably a good thing. You feel sorry for the rest of the people that can't be you, so you just, you know, keep them around, you know, to make yourself feel better. I do have a pretty sweet life. So anyway, we're going to talk about movies on the movie podcast? I think we're going to talk about movies. Do you guys okay. want to talk about movies? I, th- I thought that's why we were here. Jordan, are you feeling up to talking about movies? Were you rushing or were you dragging? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's a great... <laughs> that's, see, that's a segue, Don. That is a good Learn. segue. That's a good... That is a, that is a very... And is a, from a very good movie, too. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, Christian, what have you seen lately? I watched some movies this past week. No. Holy shit. Because, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is movies. Why are you on a podcast (laughs) about movies? You don't watch movies. (laughs) So I took Jordan's uh, recommendation. I watched The Rental. Ooh. What did you think? Um, It wasn't terrible. It dragged ass for about. The first 20 or seven, so? Seven eighths of the movie. Aww. <laughs> um, at the end, I felt bad for the character of Taylor. I mean, he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but he gets well, murdered. Hang on. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, nobody. I, preface the entire podcast. I'm going to talk about movies, so I'm going to spoil movies. I don't care. <laughs> God damn right. Um. But going into more spoilers, I was glad that uh, the chick that the killer was chasing through the woods didn't miraculously survive. I was I was going to be pretty upset if she would have lived. Um, what'd you think I of what'd you think of how he goes about his business? I thought that was clever. 
What do you mean? How he just goes into B&Bs and sets everything up and then waits for the next group to come in? Right. Yeah. That way he's not, you know, the people there have no idea what's going on. So And he, he sets up the guy who actually ran the B&B? And he just gets away scot-free every you know, time. Yeah. It was it was a like you say, you kinda think twice about going to one of these places again. I mean, I was already skeptical of going there from some horror stories that I've seen already in the news and from some friends first hand experiences, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't I guess you can't live your whole life in fear like that, but whatever. I mean, same could be said about any hotel that you got. Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, don't mean to be morbid. Let's go. What else have you seen? <laughs> I also watched Gung Ho. I like it. Good movie. <clears throat> Which is a 1986 comedy directed by Ron Howard, starring Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good movie. Also has Gedi Watanabe. Oh. And uh, George Went, George Went, John Turturro, and in every Ron Howard movie, you're going to see a fantastic character actor by the name of Clint Howard. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> character actor. I have I never him. known that guy's actual name. I've seen him in everything and He's never in every, known yeah. who it was. Clint, Clint Howard. Howard, yeah. <laughs> Isn't every Ron Howard film? The, the funny thing is when you see him in something that isn't a Ron Howard film. Because you're like, really? The, this guy auditioned and you gave it to him? All right. Are they related? Yeah. 100%. Brothers. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of how it worked out. <laughs> it wasn't just like some random actor. like, oh, he got, we share the same last name. Be in my movies. Well, come on. It could have been a stage name. Either one of them could have been using a stage name. No, they're brothers. I wonder how far back that goes. It does it go back to like Ron Howard's first movie. If Clint Howard's in that, I need to do a little bit more a, research. Should do a podcast about Clint, Clint Howard. Howard. Yeah, what was yes. that one that he was in? The Ice Cream Man or something like that? The Ice Cream Man. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a great. I movie. believe it's on Tubi. So because <laughs> everything is on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is because Michael Keaton isn't actually named Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. He just goes by Michael Keaton. Yeah. So, I mean, a... anybody could have been a Howard. Christian, so, you could be a Howard. No, I'm good. Christian Howard? No, that sounds weird. <laughs> just change your name to Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> R-A-H-N Ron Alright, so what is Gung Ho about? I have no idea what this movie is Oh really? Oh, it's a, it's about a uh, a guy who is the head of or the, the spokesman for uh, a union of auto workers in a town I don't remember, do, do they talk about where the town's located? Is it I, think in like, it's a, I think it's I think it's in Michigan, Michigan or, or Ohio yeah. or something like that. Anyway, yeah. you know, back in the 80s when everything was getting shut down and everything was going overseas and stuff like that. Anyway, he goes over to Japan and talks to uh, Japanese uh, auto corporation 
and says, hey, we got this plant. It was just retooled a couple of years ago. We got a, you know, a whole town worth of workers who want to work. Come on over and invest and get this thing running again. So they go over and they uh, get the plant running again. And there's obvious, you know, contention with um, the culture difference between American workers and Japanese workers. And so there's there's some interesting culture conflict between the people who are running the plant and the uh, people who are working in the plant. And, um, I, I think it's a pretty decent movie for mid eighties. I mean, I've always liked him. I've always liked the movie. It's, uh, it always reminds you that Ron Howard used to do comedies. He did, that movie, Night Shift, uh, The Paper. I mean, he used to be funny, but now he just does, you know, the the big biopics or whatnot. But yeah, I've always been a fan of of Gung Ho. Right. Two things. It was actually in Pennsylvania, not Michigan. Yep. Um, the other thing, going to go on a little bit of a tangent. What's your favorite Ron Howard thing of anything that he's done? Ooh. It's easy for me, and it's when he narrates Arrested Development because I absolutely love Arrested Development, <laughs> and he is the voice of the show. Yes, so that's my favorite Ron Howard bit. Either one of you? I might Anything? just I do just I be do. generic and call and say Apollo thirteen. Far and Away was pretty good. Amazing. The the last 20 minutes of that movie, the, all the stuff that was shot in 70 millimeter. Uh, my Ron Howard's are always 1A, 1B. It's Apollo 13 and the paper. Um, Apollo 13 just is always, even though you you know the story, you know what's going to happen, it's just suspenseful it just keeps you on the edge of your seat is um the paper is personally probably my favorite michael keaton performance it's just it's so goddamn funny uh it's got a sniveling little bastard uh jason alexander performance in it i mean it's got great robert duvall glenn close uh randy quaid before he went batshit crazy um, yeah, I can't. I can't recommend the the paper enough. I don't think I've seen the paper. You should put it you know, on your notes. Oh, where's a pen? Uh, question for you, Christian, because I know you're you're a car guy. Have you seen Ron Howard's movie Rush? Uh, don't think so. I think you would like that. It's 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 really good. Which is that about the uh, the F one? The F one. Uh, yeah, I have. I've seen, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth and I think Daniel yeah. Bruhl. Yeah. It's good. It's a little long, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah, about Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. Yep. Yes. Yep. I was trying to think of their names. I was honestly, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen anything else, Christian? I have. Ooh. 
I watched yeah. I watched Lansky. Is that Richard Dreyfus? It's supposed to be a biopic about Meyer Lansky. Yes. With Harvey Keitel. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was okay. Yeah, the newer one. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, you know, it, it talked about old gangster stuff, which is always fun for movies. Oh, where's and Lansky on right now? I watched it on Amazon Prime. Okay. So tell me about this movie. I don't know what it is. I'd never heard of it. Like I said, it was like a biopic of uh, Lansky and his history. Uh, Meyer Lansky is one of the original, uh, one of the one of the true um, organized crime gangsters. Um, just a, a genius with numbers. He wasn't like the guy out there doing hits, but he was the one moving the paper around. And um, I mean, the movie was pretty good. It was mostly based in flashbacks. They had uh, Harvey Keitel as old Meyer Lansky being interviewed by this writer who wanted to do a book about it. And they got in some really kind of dumb plot about how this guy was approached by the FBI and they wanted to bring down Lansky and blah, 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 blah which I thought was kind of dumb. I just wanted to hear more about Lansky's past, but, but it wasn't, so it says is, they had a budget of 5 million and it was really cheap to do. And it like, it's, it's worth the time. I mean, it's hundred to about two hours long. Is Sam Worthington, the FBI, the fed that's investigating him or what? No, he's the author of the book that guy's trying to oh, write. Okay. I just assumed that Mr. Avatar was going to be the number two. Hmm. I have a question for you, Christian, since you brought up Meyer Lansky. Uh-huh. Have you seen the 1991 classic Mobsters? No. About, it's got Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, uh, Bugsy Siegel. I think there's one more Christian. Yeah, sorry. Worm probably knows this too. This is the one that stars Christian Slater, Patrick Dempsey, Costas Mandalore, and Richard Grieco. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure your Lansky was better than that. So, so I will. I'm going to put that down. I actually, I, I remember hearing about Lansky. <laughs> it, I, I want to see the Don. So, yo, it has it has Robert Zadar in it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Robert's a don't. The guy with the catcher's mask for a face. Uh-huh. You're forgetting a big one in that list if you're talking about Frank Costello, if you uh, remember The Departed. Yes. Frank Costello was part of the Mobsters movie as well. Yeah, that's who Costas Mandalore plays. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to I don't want to skimp on Costas Mandalore, but you could watch mobsters mm. on Tubi, Christian. You love Tubi, don't you? I I do. It is the junk food of my life. So, but you forgot to mention F. Murray Abraham, That's most notably guy. in my most notables from Last Action Hero, the guy with the glass eye. God, I love. We we need to just do a show on on Schwarzenegger, or just no. pick a movie <laughs> or something. Oh, I could I could go on and on and on and on about Last Action Hero and how much I love it. 
So I watched another movie this past week. Ooh. Holy shit. Wow. Did you get anything done this week? I had uh, an opportunity to, well, I watched the first two, like, immediately when we were done with our podcast, because of my work, I stay up late. So I got, like, four or five hours after we're done recording to... Before I have to go to bed, so you can oh, go to a movie or two. Good for you. Thank you. God, I reduced to remember that life. And also, I don't have a kid, so it makes life a lot easier to watch movies when I'm when I'm forced to. Hmm. But another movie I watched, and this might sound a little off uh, off, off brand, topic, off brand for me. <laughs> I watched The Cutting Edge. The Cutting Edge. Yeah. Starring uh, D.B. Oh. Sweeney and Moira Kelly. Because uh, growing up with a sister who is always figure skating, I watched a lot of figure skating as a kid. And I had to watch figure skating movies as a kid. And we watched The Cutting Edge because it had something to do with a little bit of hockey and a little bit of figure skating. It's a movie about a hockey player who gets injured right before he's supposed to go pro. And... Uh, a figure skater who has such a piss poor attitude. She runs off every skating partner she is teamed up with. And turns out that they're so good at being pieces of crap to each other that they mesh really well and they turn out to be good figure skaters, I guess. They make a good team, huh? They make a good team. All right. Yeah, it's pretty funny, and like I said, I watched it when I was a kid, so I figured I'd throw it in and watch it. I have never seen that movie. Really? Yeah. It's not not bad. My mom loved it. Rachel talks about it a lot. I have never gotten around to seeing The Cutting Edge, so that's... I'll put that on my... I'm going to watch Lansky, and I'm going to watch The Cutting Edge. Yeah, watch it with the missus. There you go. Date night. Date night movie. So I watched another movie this weekend, or this week. I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh no! This is a. What do you mean? No, no, yeah, I'm, no. I'm the same way. I don't like that movie. How do you not like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I it just. I don't know. There's something off-putting about it. It's just I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, it's it's one thing I like about it is that it'll never be done again. Because they had so much cooperation with different. Um huge corporations like you're not going to get because they had like Disney characters mixed in with MGM characters and stuff like that. You're really not going to get that mixture again just because everybody's so concerned about their you know their uh, IP and stuff like that. Well they also tried it again with Cool World and it was yeah beyond terrible. terrible. So (laughs) So I have a question about sorry I have a question about who framed Roger Albert with like you were talking about how it'll never happen again. If that movie were to happen, how much do you think that movie would cost? Oh, probably 10 times as much as it did originally. Yeah. yeah it would just be an insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, the animation's good. It's, it's that classic style of animation. Are and you it, sure? Cause it was 50 million last time. So, well, if you're going to completely redo it with modern CG, I think it'd be ridiculously expensive. I don't think it would have the same effect if it if it had the modern CG. I just yeah. But I like Bob Hoskins in it. 
I like Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I, I think the reason why I didn't like it, especially the last time I watched it, that movie was darker than I thought. It was just, I don't know, something, something just didn't work. From it, just I don't know. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. So, well, you're just a Debbie Downer. <laughs> on this one, I'm sorry. Oh man, I don't know what you'd call me then if you gave you my opinion. So you're just. Grumpy face, never satisfied McGee. That's what you are. Just wait till I give you my movies that I watch this week. <laughs> you really won't. Uh, you'll really be saying that. Step up one, two, three, four, five. Oh, those make me happy. <laughs> so that's all I watched. Other than, other than the uh, the ones that I'm going to be talking about later proud of you that, that's all geez only five come on <laughs> um so i watched um the rock starring in jungle cruise on disney plus and this and you give me shit for watching the movies i watch eh, at least this was new when i was trying to trying to see what all the hoopla was about and it was not much. Um, let's see here. What did I like? Jesse Plemons was uh, was the only good acting in the whole movie. <laughs> um, even Paul Giamatti sucked, which normally I like him. Um, yeah, so... I don't know if anyone has seen this yet, but it is based on the ride, the Jungle Cruise that was in like started at Disney World in two thousand four. So is that what they're what they're doing? They got lucky with Pirates of the Caribbean, so they're going to make movies out of other rides. I think that was the idea, and I think that idea has died already. Good. I mean, this movie did. I think it did Ooh, decent. 213 at the box office, but the budget was 200, so Ouch. it didn't make anything. I mean, 13 million is not nothing, but well, it's a poor return on investment. For today's standards, when we're talking billion dollar movies with the big blockbusters like this was supposed to be. Um, if, you, if you put Marvel's name on top of it, it probably would have made a billion. Well, they used to just have to put Disney's name on top of it, and it would have. Yeah. But that, that candle has been snuffed out. One thing that's really off-putting to me in this whole movie is that he refers to Emily Blunt as pants the whole time because he's never seen a woman wear pants in this time, this day and age, which I'm not entirely sure when it was based on. Maybe, like, the... Mm, the 1920 or so maybe but uh yeah i don't know it was something else like i said the only thing i enjoyed was jesse plemons and he wasn't given much he was you know your your big bad evil guy is <laughs> i don't know 
just this German bent on trying to recover this arrowhead that Emily Blunt had stolen. Uh, this the whole movie was just a mess. There's a there's a twist about an hour in that just makes the whole movie even dumber. Um, it just loses all its stakes, and it's just not good. The whole thing is that they're looking to they're looking to find the um, the 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 tree of something or other tears of the moon which like produces a leaf that will cure any disease. I, I don't know. It's an old tale from like the 1500s. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I don't waste your time on this is two hours of just nothing. Sounds like a good plan. Sounds yeah. like a great plan. That's disappointing. I mean, usually the rock can smile his way through any role, and I'm fine with it. But it's just, it's just dumb. It's the I mean, same way with Emily Blunt, because I like her too. I mean, she was fine, and uh, if you like this movie, it's fine. Like you can, you can like a movie. It, there's, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. What? No. Yeah. It's just, there's just nothing. There's just nothing for them to do. I don't know. Well, shit. Yeah. So if I thought that was bad, I watched. Um, I watched Becky. <laughs> uh, so this movie I thought was going to be a different movie than it was. Turns out, no, it's pretty terrible. Uh, this movie stars. I can't remember the gal's name, but it stars Kevin James as the leader of this neo-Nazi group of escaped convicts that uh, are looking to retrieve a key. And I think the key opens some chest that we never see, some some sort of inheritance for them. I don't know that he's been pining for since he got arrested and been plotting this whole revenge thing to get this key back. Um, they stumble upon Joel McHale and his 13 year old daughter's little lake cabin or whatever that they're going to with Joel McHale's new girlfriend after, uh, Becky's mother died of cancer and, uh, this new girl's like eight year old son as well. So it's just the four of them at this cabin where these four escaped convicts show up at and then kind of all hell breaks loose. And I mean, this gal is just a angsty, rebellious thirteen-year-old that just kind of flips the script on these these assholes once they. Massive spoiler alert here! Once they kill Joel McHale, her dad, then she just goes ape shit and just starts murdering these guys. So, it's kind of like Home Alone meets <laughs> meets uh, Carrie. Apparently, Simon Pegg was supposed to be the main villain, but he had scheduling conflicts. Thank God. That would have been so much better. I mean, Kevin James was just nothing. He he could have done a menacing role. He just shaved his head and had a big swastika on the back of his head. And just not he wasn't even I don't know. At one point his eye is like dangling out of his head and he's kind of tough by cutting it off himself because the other guy can't. And it's just yeah, it's just not good. 
Uh, they kill a dog in this movie. So, I mean, if you really don't like violence against animals, don't watch it. Um, but yeah, the only thing that they did well in this was that they didn't try to rape her ever, which usually these movies end up going that way. So again, it just was nothing. It was just a 90 minutes of just nothingness. So avoid this one as well. <laughs> so don't go see it. No, don't see it. Thank God. I haven't watched it and I have no, I have no, no meaning, no, no reason to. I mean, the, there's one death in there that was just awful. Like the guy just says he can't swim. So that just, you know, Pat leads the way for for her to kill him with an outboard motor on a boat. So that one's kind of fun, but I've seen it done better in Piranha. Uh, would this have worked better as an Adam Sandler uh, movie? If Kevin James was funny, I would have enjoyed this movie better. But him pretending to be a bad guy just was so unconvincing. I just couldn't get into it. Well, thank you for taking the bullet on that one. Yeah. Like I said, don't watch that one. Uh, and the last one that I watched was The Guilty on Netflix, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, um, directed by Antoine Fuqua, which they work a lot together. So I assumed it was going to be a little bit better than it was. Uh, the whole premise of this is that Jake is working as a 911 operator as punishment for something that he did as a as a on-duty police officer. Um we find out at the mm, three-quarter way of what he actually did. So um again, this movie was filmed entirely during COVID, and they basically set up a camera in two rooms and said, let's just film Jake the whole time. I think there was maybe 10 people in the whole movie. Um, other than voice acting, because, I mean, he obviously takes a couple phone calls. But uh, so he gets a phone call from a gal who claims to be abducted. And he's he can't let this phone call go because he wants to save the day. And the rest of the movie is him just trying to figure out who she is, where she is, what van she's in, who did what. Uh, it takes a it takes a couple of hard twists that were pretty pretty easy to spot. One kind of gut punch in it, and then the rest of it's just kind of meh. Um, Jake has a a scene towards the end of the movie that just reminded me of Brad Pitt in seven when he sees what's in the box with that ugly crying, not crying, ugly crying, not crying, ugly cry. <laughs> and it just, the fucking yeah. it just seems so forced. Uh, up until that point, you know, he was, he was doing pretty well for this whole movie being based on just his, him being stressed out 
So again, it's on Netflix. If you like Antoine Fuqua, you'll probably enjoy this. If you like Jake Gyllenhaal, which he's getting dragged right now after the Taylor Swift release, <laughs> but uh, he'll be fine. I don't know. Don't watch it. It's a light. Don't watch it. But it's not the worst thing I've seen this week. <laughs> well, I still want to see it because of Jake and Fuqua. So, but that disappoints me. But you get a you get, at least you get one bright spot in Bill Burr. Yes, <laughs> he's a, he's a nine one one caller for about 10 seconds and has a couple of good lines. <laughs> Apparently he's at a concert that is being shot up or something like that. Or somebody they're storming out of the concert and people are getting trampled or something. And he's asking for help and Jake just doesn't want to help him because he's trying to figure out this other case or whatever. <laughs> and Bill just turns to him and he's like, Oh fuck you then man. So that was fun. The rest of it's just meh. I'm just imagining that with Bill Burr's actual voice. So, <laughs> you know, you know the Bill Burr voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Don, you go watch The Guilty and tell me what you think. I will watch The Guilty. I need to watch that. So maybe it can be a date night movie. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> it's only ninety minutes, right? It's not that long. Uh, yeah. Well, it feels like a longer movie. You're you're trying to push me away from it, but I'm still gonna watch it. I can't quit Jake, so it's fine. No you matter what, no matter what Tay Tay says, I I. Yeah, that's all I watched this week. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn then. Um. I have three different movies from one another, so um, I'll start with probably the one that disappointed me the most because of the cast and just never actually seeing the movie, but um, always seeing the the cover art of Charlie Sheen's face with just a massive beard. Uh, I've got, I think it's 1993's Beyond the Law, also known as Made of Steel. Uh, Charlie Sheen is a cop who is over the edge. Uh, he has got some some big-time demons from something that happened in his past. Uh, he gets asked to, by Courtney, Courtney Vance, um, who's an FBI agent, to track down and become a part of this uh, motorcycle gang that is led by the always fantastic Michael Madsen. Um, once Charlie gets into that, he ends up um, becoming ro- romantic with uh, a reporter played by Linda Fiorentino. Um, that's basically all the good stuff that was in it. Um, it Charlie Sheen felt like he was miscast for it. Uh, He just doesn't have that uh, kind of psychotic uh, look in his eyes. He just looked like Chris 
from Platoon, which is basically every Charlie Sheen movie. So this cop that's supposed to be over the edge and going beyond the law is just too much of a nice guy. He's too much of a teddy bear. Um, Linda Fiorentino does everything that she can with a basically a thankless role. Um, but yeah, the whole movie is just... It just doesn't try hard enough. Uh, Michael Madsen is miscast as a, a motorcycle gang leader, which I I never thought that he would be miscast as a villain in anything. Uh, he's just not intimidating. Nobody is really intimidating in the movie. Um, so yeah, that was, that was disappointing for me. Uh, you can catch that on... It's on Amazon Prime. Um, uh, if you're looking for a motorcycle gang uh, invaded by by a cop, uh, I would recommend going and finding the Brian Bosworth 1991 classic Stone Cold. That is the the motorcycle movie of your dreams. Just uh, you weren't going to recommend Wild Hogs? Never, never, ever, ever. I haven't seen that or Old Dogs, so very proud of myself. Uh, I can recommend another motorcycle movie. It's called JC. Uh, it's from, it's, I think it's in the early 70s, about Jesus Christ has come back to be a motorcycle uh, gang member. And he goes back to the little town where his dad used to run amok as the preacher. That is, that has to be seen to be believed. Yeah, JC is what it's called. Um so, well, hang on. Is it better than Biker Boys? <laughs> I have never seen Biker Boys Z, so... Oh, boy. You're in yeah. for a treat. Doesn't Biker Boys Z, doesn't that star Ice Cube? Biker Boys Z. <laughs> That's what's... At the video store, when we used to have those slats, those coming soon, somebody asked, do you have the movie Biker Boy Z? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can't make that one up. I mean, it, it's it's right up there with the movie Torque. It's got, <laughs> it's got Lisa Bonet in it, Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I, Lawrence or, Fishburne or, is a little Orlando the Seven Up Guy Jones. It's got fucking <laughs> Kid Rock. Woo! You got me at Kid Rock. Oh wow! It also has my buddy Andrew from last week. Uh, his favorite childhood actor, Dante Basco. This, are you guys talking about Torque or Biker Boy Z? Biker Boy Z. Okay. Yeah, Basco, we we got to stop Rufio. calling it Biker Boy Z. <laughs> no, it's, it's forever going to be called Biker Boy Z for now. Huh? Biker Boy Z. Hang on. <laughs> you, you mentioned Orlando Jones, and now all I can think of is the replacements. <laughs> because Clifford, Clifford Franklin, the only one going up for the football, and Clifford Franklin, the only one coming down at the football. <laughs> <laughs> Only with enough. Sorry. Holy shit. What? Who do you think catches better? Clifford Franklin or the little kid from Little Giants when it's toilet paper? Oh, I'll give you a third. What about Stone Hands from Necessary Roughness? (laughs) Uh, Clifford Franklin's coming down with that football. (laughs) I'll catch it. You trust me. All right, movie number two uh, is it's a new, new one, 2021. 
Uh, it's got Scott Adkins. It's called One Shot. Uh, I have become a, a Scott Adkins fan since watching Avengement a few years ago, so I've been trying to catch up with his filmography um, and watching all his new stuff. Uh, he's hit or miss for me. When he misses, it's just disappointing. When he hits, it's like you've seen just something totally badass. Uh, Christian, what's the name of the movie where he fights um, Michael J. White? Is it uh, Undisputed 2, I think it is? Have you heard of that? Who fights him? Michael J. White. The, this is the oh, sequel God. to the Ving Rhames, Wesley Snipes movie. Yeah, Michael J. White and um, yeah, Scott Adkins uh, are part of this prison tournament. Kickboxing, movie, you know, MMA, all that stuff. I think it's Undisputed 2. Anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah, so I had heard about this movie one shot. I didn't know too much going into it. Um, it's about Scott Adkins is a, a Navy SEAL who is being brought into this um, kind of prison camp where they're holding uh, terrorists. And he is in there with a... A uh, field analyst who is supposed to get out one of these prisoners and bring him back to the States so they can uh, find a potential bomb in Washington, D.C. Um, and Scott Adkins has his crew with him of Navy SEALs. Um, the movie, uh, not only is it called One Shot, but it's also funny. They use the, they use that in the movie, but also the movie is one continuous shot and i'm using quote marks on a podcast um where it you know cuts away in a in a in a, in a um losing my words here uh it 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 edits in a in a clever way um but just this movie just sucked um it's tampered by its small budget uh it, at times feels like a made-for-TV movie, um, but it also feels like a video game with how stagey it is. Um, it does gain some momentum towards the middle when it just gets to be a Scott Adkins movie, when he needs to get from point A to point B of where they're being held down at while these insurgents are circling them. And he just mows through everybody with a knife. Um, yeah, I, I, if, if anybody out there likes Scott Adkins, I say, you know, just check it out, especially for the one shot gimmick. Um, but other than that, there is not much, not much else to, to recommend about that. Um, and then lastly, I finally got to watch No Time to Die, uh, the 25th Bond movie. The long-delayed Bond movie, uh, the final Daniel Craig Bond, um, it was, the uh, theme of my movies is it was big-time disappointing. Um, it was a smidget better than Spectre, but that's not saying much because I thought Spectre was just a disaster. Um, this movie's problem, just like Spectre, 
is that it's hard to try to make everything connect where Inspector, Blofeld, and Bond had to have a connection. It couldn't just be one side is good, one side is evil. Um, there's a big twist, big reveal in Bond 25 that you know tries to bring even more connection to Bond, and it just... I, I groaned when it came out, and if you know anything about movies at all, you'll be able to kind of connect the dots once they start to introduce some of these plot points. Um, the movie is just lazy in every way. Um, a lot of its music is just different riffs on music from uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, they they just replay that song at the end of the movie for uh, the song um uh from Honor Majesty's Secret Service played by Louis Armstrong um the movie does come to life when Anna de Armas uh she was in Blade Runner 2049 and she was in Knives Out she shows up there's just a there's just a fun chemistry a back and forth between her and Daniel Craig that just honestly doesn't show up in the movie. The movie is deadly serious. Um, the biggest damning thing I will say about this movie is Rami Malek's Bond villain, Safin, might be one of the worst Bond villains in all of these. Um, he is... He is basically, he's just, he's not intimidating at all. Um, he just, his beef is, is that he was wronged by somebody. He wants to wipe out something specific and then just blow up the world. He has absolutely no menace. He's not fearful. It's basically just hammers home what the rest of the movie, it just feels lazy. In every way, it just feels like it was only the movie was done strictly for you know, Daniel Craig to get paid an insane amount of money. Um, I obviously, if you're a you know a Bond completist, you're gonna watch this, but yeah, I, I just didn't like. I felt after after this one was done, I felt that it should have ended at Skyfall for. The Daniel Craig, you know, where they, what the story that they were telling, I felt they could have gone off and just done the the individual bonds that have been done for, for the whole way. It just, it, none of it works. None of it works, and it's just, it's a waste of fucking time. So, that's what I got. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to waste my time on that. <laughs> I have never found Daniel Craig to be a very good or believable Bond to begin with, so. I love Casino Royale. I love Skyfall. I can... I could tolerate Quantum of Solace, even though it's pretty much like Bond on ADD. Um, but Spectre had so much promise where Christoph Waltz was going to be Blofeld, everything, and it just, just fucking crashed. It, it pissed me off. So, 
I liked Quantum Solace. We saw Quantum of Solace in the theater together. I did. Yeah, we did. That's when I had a massive movie crush on Olga Kurilenko. You still can have one on her. Uh, she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So, question to you guys. Do you guys have a favorite Bond? Who's your favorite Bond? Do you have a favorite Bond movie? Not really. I never really. I, I mean, I enjoy the movies. I just never really got into it that deeply where I'm like, oh, this guy is so much better than the other ones. Like the stuff in the 90s, the, the graphic, the CG was pretty garbage. So I really don't care for those. But I mean, I never, like I said, I never really got into it that much. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with Christian on this. Um, I've never really had a favorite Bond in the same way that I. Um, can't really ever find a good Batman. You know, I, I I want there to be the look of Bond and then still look like you're going to kick someone's ass. And it, I don't know. Like, they've just fallen short for me on it. all of it. Like, I when I picture Bond, in my head, I'm picturing Pierce Brosnan, but he was a terrible actor and he was not an intimidating Bond. But he's got the look of a good bond. Uh, my bond has my first bond was Timothy Dalton, so I've always. Oh, T Dalt. I like that. That was mine. That was my introduction. Um, I liked Goldeneye for Pierce. Uh, obviously, oh. I've said what I liked about Daniel Craig. Um, the Connery Bond, obviously iconic. Uh, George Lazenby's Bond is probably the best one. It's unfortunate he George only got Lazenby's? what? Yeah, he he only had one. He was on His Majesty's Secret Service. It was in between. I think it was Connery wanting to do something else or wanted more money, or and they went in a different direction. One movie, and then they brought Connery back for like two or three of them. Um, but I've never. I think I've watched like a couple of the Roger Moore ones and I can't get into them because they're so fucking campy. So when, you know, Timothy Dalton's bond just kind of got a little bit more serious. So, and it's really dry. So, but yeah, so yeah, go see oh. those at your, at your own risk. Um, Bond 25 is available to rent now. They they said fuck it to the box office, so they're charging for that. I think it's like 20 bucks for a rental. Um, and Beyond the Law and One Shot, I think, are on like Amazon Prime or iTunes, wherever you can stream to rent. So, all right. Oh yeah. 